That could be misconstrued. This is Locked On Sox. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Sox. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. We're free and available on Instagram and Twitter at Lockdown Sox. And you can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Not only, I, well, I believe, I could be wrong on this. I think this is the only Daily White Sox podcast. This is the only, and now it's, you know, since it's the off season, it's three days a week. So this is the only when the season's going on daily socks podcast and i think i can confidently say that it is the only white socks daily podcast that takes place from the host closet about 60 percent of the episodes so you're really listening into history here this is true history we're making on locked on white socks welcome to 2022 today is january 3rd the first episode of 2022 very excited for my first full year here as the host of Locked On Sox. Thank you for making my first month, which was December 2021, a very good one. I was very, very, very happy with the um, lovely, lovely response uh, of me taking over. I, I know that everyone's going to miss Tanny and Herb. They left a truly huge mark on White Sox uh, media, I guess, media podcasting, uh, and and they, you know, their dynamic friendship. Uh, truly made this podcast special. But the fact that you guys continually uh, throughout December continue to give me support and continue the support of this podcast, that truly meant the world to me. Everyone that still called in, wrote in, and everyone that just listened. If you are still downloading this podcast, even in a locked out off season, it shows how strong and how passionate the White Sox community is. I understand that we're always seen as the uh, you know little, little brother here in town, in the baseball town with the big ugly brother of the Cubs, but I, I think the White Sox show that and this is coming from an only child. I have no no idea about, you know, sibling dynamics here. But how I always see it, and I, I could be wrong, you know, the 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 firstborn always gets a lot of inherent love. But you know, the the younger sibling needs to work for it a little bit. And they, they get a little less of a, a watchful eye from the parents. And, you know, we gotta go make it out on our own. So we're gonna go do that. And the White Sox in twenty twenty two, it should be a fun year. And I hope you stay along on this ride for me because this could be a very, very important year, a banner year for the White Sox. And it's going to be important to follow each and every month, each and every game. And that's why I will bring you a daily podcast when the season starts up. And hopefully that is soon. It is Monday, so we're going to we're going to have a little bit of a mailbag here. But there is also something else I want to talk about, and that is 2022. I want to talk about my resolutions. I want to talk about what you can expect from this podcast in 2022. So I'll take you on this journey here, right? Mark Burley's going on the road to 5% to try to stay on the Hall of Fame ballot, and I will take you through our roadmap for 2022 for Locked On Sox. And we'll get to the mailbag. we got a lot of great questions, a lot of familiar faces. Mark in the Park is back. we got Alex and Bol- Bolingbrook calling in. And Mike, who is living up to his New Year's revolution, resolution, Mike and Indy said he wanted to write in more, and he, he's followed up a week later, a man of his word, just like he said. Mike and Indy is back, so we will hear from you lovely people a little bit later on in the show. But let's give you the idea for the 2022 Locked On Sox year. 
I want to bring you more interviews. I really, really love talking to Mike Rankin, uh, one of my favorite people to talk baseball with. Uh, we've been talking about baseball for, for five years. My mom listened to it, and she said that we had good chemistry, and I'd hope. Uh, I think Mike is the person that I've talked to uh, the most in, in my life about sports over the past five years, and uh, so I'm, I'm pretty comfortable talking to Mike. So hopefully that came through in our interview, but I want to talk to other great White Sox content creators. Um, there's a lot of people that put out fantastic fantastic content. So I'm going to try to spray to all fields, right? You know, Tanny and Herb had each other to talk to every single episode. And while I still will talk to you every single episode, I'll hear from you every single episode. I think if I include more voices into these episodes and into this podcast, we will get a richer and deeper conversation for you uh, White Sox savants out there. Also, you know, game recaps will still be a thing. When we get into the regular season, the big one, six, two, I will recap those games just like Tanny and Herb did. You will have a reaction episode right at the strike of midnight. I was one of those people that would wait for Tanny and Herb to post their uh, podcast episode. I have a very odd schedule with being a radio producer. Sometimes I just don't work. So if I'm staying up, you know, I, I stay up pretty late. And, you know, starting my day off at midnight with a White Sox game recap, it was just so nice. It was very pleasant. You take some time late at night. It's really quiet, got time to yourself, and you can just space out into baseball. I think it's such a fantastic sport for that. It's a calming, relaxing sport. And also, if it's not, if you're really, really amped up, you need to get it out of your system. I know I talk about this game too much, but I'll just use it as an example because it's the most vivid uh, memory I have of the 2021 season. But let's just say the White Sox take on the Yankees. It's a day game. They're down one going into the ninth. There are all this Chapman's on the mound. Andrew Vaughn pitch hitting. He sees a 101-mile-per-hour fastball that he takes to right center field. And then, you know, Tony doesn't start off the inning with Liam Hendricks. And then Liam Hendricks gets put on with the bases loaded. You know, this is just all example. This is all just off the top of my head. Cuff, this didn't really happen. You know, they let's just say he brings him up with the bases loaded. And his first batter is Aaron Judge, right? And he throws three straight balls gets a strike over the plate, but then walks him on the fifth pitch, game over, Sox lose, right? If a game like that happened, if if a game like that happened, I think you should really consider spending midnight at the strike of, of 12 with me. I'll recap that game for you. I'll try to settle you down. I'll get, you, I'll get all that angst out for you. Game recaps are really important to White Sox therapy. Do not let anyone else tell you differently. And finally, something I would really love to bring to you is player sound. Uh, I have the ability to hopefully jump on these Zooms, and hopefully I can ask people questions. I can ask players questions, and you, therefore, can ask players questions. We have a mailbag. We have a voicemail. If you have a question for a player, I would love to pass that along. You know, what What am I? I, I? I was a fan. I grew up reading the paper every single day. I was always checking box scores and standings, and I realized or I was taught through my education at St. Xavier and through my education at the score that the media is supposed to be the voice for the fans and be that outreach and be that link and that connection from the fans to the players to the front office. And I would love to be that outlet for you. I would love to jump in these Zooms. I would love to ask any questions to these players if you have something. If you have something thoughtful, insightful, and you want me to pass it along, Please send it in, lockdownsocks at gmail.com, 312-566-8727. 
I don't know if I'll be able to talk to players. Obviously, I'll be able to ask them questions, but I don't know if I'll have any sit-down interviews. Be nice. I'm not going to say no, Um, but I I can definitely jump on those Zooms and ask them for you, and let's make this arm to the White Sox stronger. Let's really connect you to your team. That's what I would love to do. I got to fill 365 days of content, so let's, let's take any avenue, any opportunity to find good, entertaining stuff for you. We want to inform you. We want to keep you happy and we want to have fun. I want to make you laugh, right? I want to be a a dumb idiot. It's my favorite thing in the world. If I could be an occupation, I'd be dumb idiot in a good way. You know, I know my mom might get upset for me saying that, but like in a nice, sweet Vince Vaughn way, right? Who doesn't love a little dumb idiot? I'm your dumb idiot. And I host Locked on Socks. We'll be back next here on Locked on Socks. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar. Filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered with chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat. And they're high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. I know Lockdown Socks listeners know Built Bar from Tanny and Herb's relationship with them. I know I know Built Bar from my relationship with Tanny and Herb. I show up to work at the 670 The Score Studios, and in every drawer, there's probably a loose Built Bar. I know Tanny and Herb were always bringing Built Bars around. I've seen every flavor, raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. Tanny wouldn't stop talking about his favorite flavor, the German chocolate cake because it gave him the extra fuel he needed to get through the day. So this holiday season, stock your stuffings with a few Built Bars. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Again, go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Welcome back to Lockdown Sox. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. It's Monday, and that can only mean one thing. It is time to open up the mailbag, and we will start with a familiar face, and we will go to Mark in the Park. Hey, Sean. Mark in Litchfield Park. It's nice that you can still have Tanny answering your calls. That's kind of funny. Anyway, not to belabor this point about Mark Burley and quality starts, but um, you want to say that it's arbitrary, but, you know, he throws a perfect game. Dwayne Wise makes this amazing catch, you know, saves the perfect game. And, of course, the that catch is going to be brought to mind when you talk about that perfect game. But no one's ever going to discount that game because it involved, you know, great fielding. So, um, you know, the list that you gave of, of quality starts or quality starts plus – uh, there's only two guys on it that weren't worthy of the Hall of Fame, and one is borderline. I think Kevin Brown was had that power sinker. He was a damn good pitcher through his career. Uh, Moyer was just more, you know, wins by and numbers by attrition. I mean, he was around forever. But, uh, you know, I don't know. That's how I see it. Maybe I'm a jackass. That's fine. I've been one before. Thanks. And obviously, when I said uh, we'll hear from a familiar face, I meant familiar voice that comes from Mark's lovely face, right? Never seen Mark's face, but it's, it's got to be lovely. You're all lovely. 
and yes, Tanny uh, still answers all the calls for me. He thankfully edits all this together too. He's he's really uh, doing doing a lot of work here. Uh, but to answer your question, and, and not to you know get too too much into you know back and forth about quality starts, but your point just bringing up you know the perfect game. I mean that's a quality start. And but if he goes you know six innings, walks three batters. Uh, gives up three earned runs and strikes out one guy. I mean, that counts as a quality start just as much as a perfect game does. So that's all I want to say about the arbitrariness of it. It's it is super arbitrary quality starts are. So that's why I don't want to put too much um, stock into it for his Hall of Fame. But I, I don't think that your point is. Uh, I, I tried to go into those stats to give credence to your point because you're right. The the two guys that are on that list that aren't Hall of Famers are Kevin Brown and Jamie Moyer. Kevin Brown isn't a Hall of Famer just because of his PEDs. If Kevin Brown wasn't taking steroids and he had a clean career, he would have been a Hall of Famer. He's got the stats. He's got the accolades. He just doesn't have a clean career. So you're right. I mean, the, the list of those guys, a lot of them all are Hall of Famers. And I think Moyer is a guy, and I said this, I think Burley is kind of a mix of Musina and Moyer. Moyer obviously had the attrition. Moyer, soft-tossing lefty like Burley, can easily get six innings, and all he has to do at that point is just not allow three earned runs. You know, Jamie Moyer can let up a ton of base runners, but as long as he's not letting those guys cross home plate for six innings, he'll be fine. Mark Burley, though, I think he did it more in an effective way, and that's why I think of him a little bit more as Musina. I think he has not exactly similar stats to Musina. That's why I think Musina is a clear-cut Hall of Famer and should have been voted in earlier, where Moyer obviously isn't a Hall of Famer. Burley's on that edge there. And to take away some of the arbitrariness, I try to bring in quality stats plus to get rid of even the fielding element. Just if you give up three runs, you give up three runs, plain cut and dry. So I, I do understand where you're coming from with the quality starts, because if you're throwing a high percentage of quality starts, you're probably a quality pitcher. And that's what those stats show. And and from Jay Jaffe's article that I cited, the 2014 Sports Illustrated article, there are more stats about the quality of pitcher. So you can go look into that and, and you could see that there is a connection between good pitchers and quality starts. I just don't think that there's enough to differentiate, let's say it between wins, right? I think that the biggest thing that goes for Burley's case is the innings pitched, the defensive element that he brought to his game. I think also his really interesting list of accolades. He is a World Series winner. He does have a save and a win in that World Series series. And obviously the three 27 up, 27 down games. One no hitter, one perfect game, and then one where he allowed two hits and got two ground balls to face the minimum three times. Also, shout out to your dog barking in the background, Mark. Thank you for the call, Mark, and thank you to your dog for participating. We will now go to Alex in Bolingbrook on the mailbag. What's up, Sean? It is Alex from Bolingbrook, Illinois, calling once again with another submission for the Monday mailbag. My question for you today, if and when, because it will happen eventually, the White Sox decide to move, whether it be a new stadium at 35th and Shields or moving somewhere else within the city, I would like to know what is on your wish list for a potential Comiskey Park the Third, whether it be moving somewhere different, perhaps a nice little plot on Soldier Field now that's being open. Also, I might as well give my submission for this week's White Sox Book Club. I've been reading Tales from the Chicago White Sox Dugout, written by Ron Kittle. It does a very nice job of giving a lot of good insight into the winning ugly Sox of 1983. 
Yeah, uh, gives a lot of insight by Tony's management. Makes me uh, makes me appreciate the uh, Hall of Famer that we now have managing the team or managing the team again. I should say. Hope you have a happy new year. Catch you on the flip side. Peace. Now, here's where people get a little bit of bonus points. If you, if you were listening earlier, I mentioned uh, maybe maybe this is a, something I'd like to interview people about. But this is definitely a underlying, maybe a smaller story of 2022 that will grow bigger and bigger and bigger. And obviously, thank you, Alex, for the call. You can call in 312-566-8727, or you can write in at LockdownSocks at gmail.com. But Alex brings up a great point with the Bears. Shout out, Grody. Possibly moving to Arlington Park. They signed a purchase agreement for the former Arlington Park racetrack out there. Has some Sox fans wondering if the White Sox will look to upgrade their park. I talked about this with Mike a little bit. We mentioned it on Friday's episode, how the White Sox kind of got screwed. They built their park in 1991 after they tore down Comiskey, which I think uh, just, you know, obviously I wasn't around in 1991. If I can give you my take, I think they should have kept Comiskey around. Now I got to do more research if they could have even saved the park, but we know that restoration projects are possible. I mean, we, we saw the Wrigley project, the, I think it was the 1912 project, take place and they did a lovely job of rebuilding and restoring and honoring that place. And, you know, it is it is it does lose a little bit of its charm with the big new Veen sign out there, but it is a modern place to attend a ball game. And I, I've, I've liked my experiences at the new Wrigley. I've gone probably about five times since 2018, and it's a really nice experience. I like that park. And I do... I'm, I'm upset that the White Sox lost that touch to their beginning of their franchise that Comiskey Park had. And it's it's a beautiful bar, ballpark. I've only seen it in grainy 360p videos, 144p videos, and pictures. So I really I was never able to experience Comiskey, and I, I feel like that's a shame. I feel like we'd have a lot stronger of a connection to our team if we had Comiskey Park around. Now the cell, G-rate, whatever you want to call it, it is a fine ballpark. I, I, we mentioned it with Mike. It's fine. It's pretty generic. It's got the nice concourse that loops around. It's a very nice addition, and it does create for an open feeling. And I, I do like the open feeling that the G-Rate gives us. Now, before I go into a little spiel, I don't think that the White Sox are going to move. I think that they're going to stick at the G-Rate at 35th and Shields for, for a, a while. I mean, it's the park's only 30 years old, and... There are definitely some spots that it shows its age, but I think overall the park is in a pretty healthy spot. I don't hear a lot of complaints from people. It's not like Wrigley Field when they noticed up in, uh, I think it was like 2007 or something, and they looked up during a Jimmy Buffett concert and saw the, 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 top, uh, the top seats swaying back and forth. It's not that bad, and I don't think that Jerry, we talk about the budget being smaller and smaller every year for the baseball team that's trying to win a World Series. I don't think that a new stadium is going to be in the pipeline. However, maybe they need to get creative. Maybe the city of Chicago wants to keep the Bears really badly, and maybe for some reason, you know, we have to move. Let's just say they need to move, and they can't be at 35th and Shields. I, I first off would love, and I, I would have loved this park, and I think everyone wants to say this, I wish the park right now currently was just turned so you could actually have the skyline in the background behind the pinwheels and behind the center field board. I think that would really be a stark and stunning view to see, and it would just make the ballpark more special. I think a big issue I have right now with the park is that it is pretty cookie cutter and it is pretty generic. And there's spots that make it white Soxian, and that's the pinwheels, and that's some of the stuff that they kept around on the actual concourse. But adding that view to the park, I think, would make it 
so, so unique. And they really did miss out there. And honestly, I don't know, Alex, this is kind of a bad prompt and a bad answer to your prompt, but I don't know what else I would change. It is guaranteed rate field. I, I don't know what else I would add to it. I think they've just kind of built themselves in. You, I, the fundamentals de- deck is somewhat interesting. It's somewhat unique, but I think overall, the biggest thing that it's lacking is that wow factor. And I think if you added the skyline in, I would be less noticing of the blandness of the park. They didn't build a bad park. Comiskey was unique. It was one of those jewel boxes, right? Where you could just look at the G-rate and say that is a professional field. That's a professional park. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. My biggest hope for the White Sox, I don't really care. I I honestly wouldn't like if they moved to the current spot of Soldier Field. I think that should be the Bears only. I mean, the pillars are so iconic for that team. And you look back at the Fog Bowl and some of the other places before they put that stupid UFO on there. And that place had class. And it also had a gorgeous view of the skyline. And it's still there. It's still present at times for, 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 for Soldier Field. But a lot of the actual view of the city is blocked by that dumb UFO. And another thing is I don't want to inherit any bad Bears problems. I don't want to make their dumb 2002 mistake our problem. It seems that the White Sox have just started to get over their own problems. And I think inheriting the Bears problems would be a bad idea. So I'm not really in love with uh, Park at the Lake. But I would love if they viewed the Armor Square Park plan. And if you don't know anything about that, I'll give you a little bit of a reading here. Look up Dane Perry's article about the Armor Square Park project from 1987, I believe. A gorgeous ballpark that would be right next to the current spot of the G-rate. And I think the idea of confining it into a block just like those old jewel ballparks would be a truly unique place to go watch baseball. So that would be my idea, and I'm going to expand on that before the offseason is over. And finally, Alex, thank you for the book recommendation. Shout out to Ron Kittle and Fanny Slap Friday. I will put that in the hopper and we'll see if we can build up a couple more book suggestions. We got two so far. I'm going to try to get that out next week. Maybe we can get a book list together because I got to start my New Year's resolutions. You got to keep guys keep me on me. And Alex, you sending in these book recommendations are going to keep me on, keep me on the straight and narrow. So thank you very much for that. We still have to hear from Mike and Indy and I will give you my top moment of the 2021 White Sox season next here on Locked on Sox. BetOnline has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website at betonline.ag to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Right now on betonline.ag, the White Sox have the 8th highest odds to win the World Series at plus 1,600. Again, head over to betonline.ag to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Speaking of reading assignments, uh, there's a great piece from Socks on 35th written by my guy, Jordan Lazowski, and it is titled 
What happened to Craig Kimbrell on the White Sox? I can't tell you how deep this dive is. This is the deepest dive that has ever been dove. So you got to go look into it because we will be talking about that tomorrow. I got a lot of Craig Kimbrell thoughts that I got to get out. I got to unload. And Jordan did a lot of great research that I would love to talk about tomorrow. So go check that out. Jordan did fantastic work here on this new year. Again, what happened to Craig Kimbrell on the White Sox by Jordan Lazowski from Sox on 35th. But we're going to continue with the mailbag here. And we're going to go out to our guy, Mike in Indy, who said he's going to write in more. And was he right? Sorry, Techno. I'll make sure I... I bleep that GD right there, but Mike writes in and he says, Hey, Sean, hope you had a great holiday weekend, and thanks for the shout on the show today. Thank you for writing in. Mike gives me uh, my prompt first, but I'm going to go into his favorite memory of 2021, and then I will give you my favorite memory of 2021. And his favorite memory of the 2021 season was witnessing Billy Hamilton become the legend Billy the Hitter. You guys ready to go into story time here? It was Mike's first game post-pandemic, May 4th in Cincy a.k.a. the Dylan Cease game. While he wasn't the star of that day, Cincinnati fan favorite Billy Hamilton made his return and was back in town. He came in late into the game as a defensive replacement and got a nice ovation from the crowd. The cheers would only grow for Billy the hitter as he would come up to the plate, and for the 11th time that game, the White Sox would strike out, which meant the first 2,000 fans at Great American Ballpark to text a random code to a random six-number digit wins a free small pizza from a local pizza chain. I hope you were one of those 2,000, Mike. But fast forward to May 12th, the day of Andrew Vaughn's first home run. The Sox are playing the Minnesota Twins. And Mike remembers seeing the lineup come out for the game and noticing Billy Hamilton starting. And with last week still fresh in his mind, thinking, why are they letting him bat? That night, Mike saw Billy Hamilton go 4 for 4 with a double, triple, RBI, and three runs scored. Mike notes in his email that it actually sounds much more underwhelming than how he actually performed, but he showed so much hustle, so much heart, and so much joy. When Billy came out later in that inning, Mike and his friends cheered and showered Billy with the chants, Billy, Billy, Billy. And since it was early in the season, back in the 20% capacity days, it felt so much more intimate. Just a random Wednesday night, about 8,000 of us in attendance. Baseball's the best, man. Never know what you're going to get when you go to the park. And finally, Mike wraps up this great email by saying, And speaking of random Wednesday night home games, he thinks he can speak on behalf of the majority of Sox Nation when he says, Bring back Dollar Dog Wednesdays next year! Thank you, Mike, for the email, and I will now tell you my personal and underrated moment of the 2021 season. However, you had one more question, and that's what's Billy Hamilton up to? And right now he is currently unsigned, not with the Sox, but I wouldn't really be too annoyed by that or upset by that because at the moment you can only sign minor league deals and you cannot make any additions to your 40-man roster so I wouldn't be surprised if they gave Billy Hamilton a major league deal so just keep your eyes out for that because I I think that they do want him back on the team I liked what he brought to the team and it seemed like he really fit in the clubhouse and Tony likes defense Tony likes speed so I wouldn't be shocked to see him in a White Sox uniform it definitely would be a smaller and under the radar signing for the White Sox and probably one that you would hear less about. But if it does happen, I will definitely bring it to you. Now, my underrated moment for the 2021 season is going to get very specific and weird, but it's from a stretch from June 29th to July 29th. And it was a part of my favorite time in White Sox baseball because the crowd started opening up a little bit more and we started seeing more and more people 
show up to White Sox games. Like the first game that we saw increased capacity was on July 16th in that window when they took on the Houston Astros. And you just saw the electricity of the crowd unite. And maybe that was just because they were playing the Astros. Easy team to hate. But 34,000 people finally together watching their great White Sox team in competitive games it was such a great moment. And that was a really great series. They lost the first game, but they fought back, fought hard, and won the next two. And that was a really fun series to watch. But within that series and within that span, my favorite player to watch in 2021 emerged. In that 26-game span from June 29th to July 29th, the White Sox went 15-11. and Nothing crazy to write home about. But something that was is someone that you mentioned, Andrew Vaughn. I tweeted on July 27th, and you know I, I meant this full-heartedly and not jokingly, in any way, crazy that Andrew Vaughn is turning into Albert Pujols right in front of our eyes. And later that day, I would go on and place $5 for Andrew Vaughn to win AL Rookie of the Year. I thought he was finally here. I thought Andrew Vaughn had arrived. In that 26-game span, he had 31 hits, 7 of them were doubles, 5 of them were home runs, he had 14 RBIs, and he slashed 341, 361, and 582 with an OPS of 943. Andrew Vaughn was on fire. He was on fire, and it was so great to see him emerge. See the number one college prospect, college hitting prospect of his class finally show it. He was struggling, and you mentioned in that email, Mike, that he finally hit his first home run on May 12th against the Twins, and that was after the you know classic Frank Minichino F the home run comments. But in June, it seemed that Andrew Vaughn found his stride. And not only did he find his stride, this was finding his stride on an above 500 team that was number one in the AL Central, and he was their best hitter. Not only was he contributing, but he was the man in that 26-game stretch. And I, I know he didn't have... A great end of the year and injuries hampered him but it really showed me that the White Sox are in really great hands I, I trust Andrew Vaughn I trust that with the spring training and doing outfield drills during this offseason I think that he can build himself into a pretty decent major league outfielder we talked about it before with the shift issues I think if the White Sox are more shift centric on certain players especially like Andrew Vaughn I think that he can play really good defense out and right field for the White Sox And if he's going to provide that bat and be healthy for more than a month, I mean, this is that's where the White Sox become World Series champions. If they can get those fringe guys to turn into true players, that's how your team turns into champions. So I was really, really excited by that that span there. And that was my favorite moment of being a White Sox fan in 2021 because it was before it got really bad before he got hurt, and then before we started worrying about their team and their record against 500, and then before October 3rd. I don't want to get into it. October 3rd was too bad of a day. I spilled an entire bottle of olive oil on my kitchen floor while I had to watch the White Sox, not even watch, hear the White Sox get walloped by the Astros. So we don't need to talk about that. Andrew Vaughn's great. We're going to wrap up Locked On Sox here. You can call in 312-566-8727 or you could write in at LockedOnSox at gmail.com. Again, don't forget to go check out Jordan Lazowski's new article about Craig Kimbrell. We'll talk about that on Wednesday. That's when your next episode will be coming to you. 
Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. Now, go make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. I'll talk to you tomorrow on Locked On Socks.